Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name's Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week 13 is upon us. Uh, how you doing? You ready to talk about some games? I am. We're recording this on Thursday morning. Good morning to everybody except for SEC commissioner and resident village idiot, Greg Sankey. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's something we got to talk about. Uh, Mike, yeah, before we get into games, we had a little bit of news that came out from the conference on Tuesday morning, I believe it was. I think it was after we recorded our last episode. Yep. Um, the last couple of weeks we've had a couple of schedule adjustments uh, trying to account for some teams that were starting to run into some COVID issues and it seems like this one felt a little bit more of like a preventative thing um, trying to make sure that both Clemson and Notre Dame are able to get another game in here um, the long and short of it is uh, Clemson and Notre Dame this is their their last regular season games will be played this weekend uh, the Wake Forest Notre Dame game for next weekend is off and Wake Forest will now be playing at Louisville and Florida State will be hosting Duke next weekend. Uh, the following weekend, we'll be traveling to Wake Forest. So this, again, largely seems surrounding kind of the ongoing COVID issues with Florida State and Wake Forest, uh, trying to prevent any further, you know, cancellations, anything like that. But, Mike, as you kind of alluded to, we had a, uh, a little bit of some, some hot takes coming from the SEC commissioner here recently. Yeah, we did, Joey. Um, Hold on. Should I, should I cue something up here real quick? Yeah, you know what? Uh, play the sound, please. Okay, here we go. Awesome. Um, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, came out and was very critical of the ACC for making the scheduling changes. Because the ACC, like they said earlier this week, they wanted to maintain the integrity of the ACC championship game. They wanted to make sure that the two heavy favorites, Clemson and Notre Dame, both got themselves amply prepared for the conference championship game so that in a year where COVID is raging and the cases are up everywhere and we've seen the issues in the conference over the last few weeks at Florida State, for example, want to make sure we didn't run into a similar issue with two teams that are on a crash course to meet in Charlotte for the ACC championship game. Virginia Tech, as Virginia Tech plays Clemson, Clemson a huge favorite this, this weekend. Notre Dame plays Syracuse as another huge favorite this weekend. Both teams widely expected by many to win their final, what's now their final regular season games. And now you have the opportunity in a couple weeks to see the ACC championship game with two fully healthy teams. That's the goal, right? To get there, to be healthy. Ten conference games for each team. No problem, right? The issue is that the SEC says, oh, what, you know, they're wagging the finger at the ACC saying, oh, they should play their full schedule, uh, just like we're doing in the SEC, even though the SEC is playing the exact same amount of games as the ACC. A. B. 
This is after the ACC tried to set up, you know, games cross-conference, whatever, with the SEC earlier in the year. In the preseason. And the SEC ran away and said, no, we don't want that. Said, we don't want our in-state rivalry games. We don't want to see Florida play Florida State this year. We don't want to see South Carolina play Clemson this year. Why not, Greg Sankey? That's weird. We don't want to see Georgia play Georgia Tech. Why not? That's odd, huh? Yeah. Real strange, Mike. Real strange. What a jackass. No kidding. I, Seriously, that's I, where I'm at with Greg Sankey. He is an idiot. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing that the ACC is doing that the AC, that the SEC hasn't already established a precedent for in the preseason. They're they're idiots. Yeah. I mean, the ACC tried to play 11, and the SEC said, "No, nah, we're good. We'll just play 10. We, we don't need to do our out of conference games this year uh, with the ACC. We're good. We, we won't do that. We'll just play 10." So, I mean, they had their chance, right? And now the ACC is saying, "No, nah, we're good. We'll just play our 10 games and." Just be done, like the SEC. Now they have a problem with it. Now you, you don't you don't get that pedestal after the ACC tried to negotiate with you in the preseason. I will stand for the ACC conference. The SEC fans saying that the ACC is backing down. This, that, and the other. I, just, sit down. Yeah. Sit I, down. I, I mean, Mike, this this comment and these things kind of kind of reek of the SEC kind of trying to position itself from a, you know, a playoff standpoint. Mm-hmm. And boy, it kind of feels like. Maybe the thing we should be talking about is that the SEC has four teams in the top eight. Two of those four kind of feel a little bit fraudulent for where they are. Oh, who would those be, Joey? Uh, well, first of all, we can talk about Georgia, who's got two mm-hmm. losses in you know various blowout fashions. Uh, right. And, and then their best win is over, what, Auburn? Yep. And Auburn might be kind of fraudulent, has won multiple games off of bad referee calls, basically. So Yep. Okay, and then you also got Texas A&M, which got blown the hell out by Alabama. Yep. Had a turnover at the last minute and kicked a field goal to beat Florida barely earlier in the year. And then their best win is over, I I, I don't know, they beat Vandy by five. They beat Mississippi State Vandy by, by five. Vandy just fired Derek Mason. Yeah, Vandy got shut out by Mizzou. Like, it was bad. Yeah, they're the not way. good. Uh, so, yeah, you've got a whole bunch of wins over not good teams by, like, two scores. That's not really what constitutes a number five team in the country to me no so yeah i th- we could talk about that and throw some stones right back at the sec but we don't have to do that mike we're a classy podcast you know we we will uh we'll keep it classy and we will just talk about you know good stuff going on in the acc right i, I like too how greg sankey is positioning himself for the playoff like you said posturing a little bit i think because there's only one conference since the inception of the playoff that has gotten two teams in and that's the sdc that has a chance to change this year joey it does it does and i, I think it's a very real chance uh, yeah and, and we've kind of alluded to that in the past and we'll uh, we'll talk about that again here i'm sure here within a week or so we will uh, be talking pretty pretty lengthily about that is that a word lengthily i don't know it's it is now. It's still early. I'm not a morning You're no person. dumber than Greg Sankey is. It makes me feel better. <laughs> well, thank you. That does yes. make me feel better. Um, yes, good. Mike, we have games to preview. Uh, six of them in particular. Five of them are conference action, and then we have an FCS game that doesn't even have a spread, so we'll kind of breeze through that at the very end. Uh, first off, Mike, at 7.30 on ABC, the number three Clemson Tigers, as you mentioned, a 22.5-point favorite on the road in Blacksburg, taking on your Virginia Tech Hokies. Total is 67. Mike, Hokies coming off a bye week. Clemson just might have used all their energy last week against Pittsburgh. Good spot for the Hokies, yeah? If you're trying to find a way to bail on Virginia Tech, I am not your guy. <laughs> I <laughs> I saw SP Plus had this being like a 38-24 to 24 win for Clemson. 
um, from Bill Connolly. He tweeted that out. That wasn't behind a paywall, so I feel comfortable saying that because um, he actually tweeted that score. Um, SP Plus has been high on Virginia Tech all year. I think SP Plus still has Virginia Tech as a top 30 team, if I'm not mistaken. And this is a Tech team that is four and five, uh, has lost in blowout fashion to Pittsburgh, a team that Clemson just ran off the field last Saturday. Uh, Tech has lost to Liberty. This is not a team that inspires a whole lot of confidence. Justin Fuente's hot seat is as hot as it's ever been. Uh, still don't know if they make a change at the end of the year, but we'll see. Clemson with Trevor Lawrence back last week, clicking on all cylinders. He's not rusty at all. Uh, the only thing about this game that I would entertain from a betting standpoint is the over-under. I would consider, uh, just kind of looking at the weather in Blacksburg and what the expectation is on Saturday, I would consider betting the under here. <clears throat> Excuse me. I consider betting the under here. Uh, rain, wind uh, in the forecast for Saturday night. Uh, Clemson in a situation where they could go up by a lot and then just play their backups, which, I mean, we know DJU is a good quarterback, but we haven't seen him in bad weather, so we don't know what that looks like. Virginia Tech also offensively has been very one-dimensional. I think Clemson, even with a defensive front that's maybe not as good as we've seen in the last few years, definitely has the capability of stopping Virginia Tech's rushing attack. Hendon Hooker being forced to throw in bad weather doesn't seem like a good proposition. So I, I think this game goes under. I do think Virginia Tech has a chance to cover the spread. And it, it seems kind of counterintuitive given the way Clemson just looked against a common opponent last Saturday against Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech just got run off the field two weeks ago before the bye against Pittsburgh on the road. So it, it's real easy to look at the common opponent recently and be like, how can Virginia Tech keep this close? But you look at a combination of weather, the fact that Virginia Tech, I think can run a little bit in this football game. Um, I think the week off probably did Khalil Herbert. Well, he had a pulled hamstring. I, I think they will be able to run a little bit, but not enough to beat Clemson or even really make it too competitive, but I could see a path to Virginia tech covering in this football game. They're going to have to come out and play inspired football for their head coach. Uh, because if tech gets run off the field, loses this game by like 40 points, and then loses to Virginia a week from now. I don't think there's any chance. Justin Fuente is the coach in Blacksburg next year. I think that the players know that. I think the assistants know that even with a huge buyout, this is a big game for Justin Fuente from that standpoint, try to make this as competitive as possible. And at least, give fans and the administration some hope that there could be something better coming in a non-COVID year next year. Uh, but Clemson is full war machine mode. There's a path to covering the spread here, obviously, for the Tigers. If I were to bet it, I would take Clemson. But the only thing I'm really looking at this game, I think from a betting standpoint, is the under. Um, I, I think that that has a pretty good chance of hitting. So, uh, Gimme Clemson will lean on the cover there, uh, but definitely make the under a play under 67, given the weather and the factors I just mentioned. I think that's reasonable. Mike, the, the thing that comes to mind here in particular is we're getting, and especially in this season, we are getting to the part of the season where you really got to start to consider the give a damn factor. Right. Um, you know, we're late in a weird season. Things are have not gone well for a month or more in Blacksburg. Like I, I can't think of the last piece of positive press that has come out of that program. Um, you've started to have some guy, even more guys opt out. Um, as you mentioned, I mean the the seat under Justin Fuente is getting to uh, critical mass. You know, scorching hot levels. Um, meanwhile, you've got your rival coming up next week. Like if if there is anything at this point to give a damn about, I think it's that. 
Like I this is I yeah. could see Virginia Tech coming out and like this game, you know you're gonna get killed. It's just a matter of how bad you're gonna get killed. Like again, Clemson trying to go for some style points at this point and all this stuff. Like I, I, I don't want to overcomplicate this. I'm gonna take Clemson as well. Um yeah, I mean I, I this could kind of be a name your score thing. You you mentioned the elements and that could definitely kind of help to hold the score down or that could be the thing that, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, I guess Clemson has the week off next week, but maybe that's where you get some guys out of there early to avoid, you know, any sort of inadvertent injury. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I'm not feeling good vibes coming from this Virginia tech program right now. You shouldn't, uh, yeah. you shouldn't, I, you know, they're not from the coaches, not from the players, not from the Twitter army, not from the you know the press, like any of that. So, I, Twitter coalition. That's right. Um, well, at Georgia Tech, we have the Twitter army, which is wonderful. I you know I promise. Um, love you, Georgia Tech Twitter <laughs> army. Um, yeah, let's just go with Clemson. Twenty-two and a half, kind of a lot of points. And and honestly, if 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 I'm wrong here. And somehow over the bye week, you know, as you mentioned, Khalil Herbert maybe has gotten a little bit healthier and they've game planned a little bit and the team is fired up and, and ready to come out and try to, you know, this make this their Super Bowl and try to beat Clemson. Like, yeah, they can make this like a 17 point game like they can cover yeah. this. Yep. But just I feel like from what I've seen and just making a guess here and knowing that, you know, the Virginia game is next week. I, I'm just not I'm not expecting that from Virginia Tech. Um, nope. So give me Clemson. I'm going to stay off of the under, but I like your reasoning by yeah. you know, for a lot of reasons there too. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> The thing that's interesting is like a lot of people are like, oh my God, Clemson minus 22 and a half. You and I have this reaction. Like that seems like it's a lot of points. And I'm a tech alum, and I think that a lot of people are saying, oh, it's not enough points, which I could see that too, I guess. But the give a damn factor is what's going to sway the spread. And I don't think it's as far off as a lot of people think that it is. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there you go. Take Clemson. And if you're really, uh, you know, really feeling saucy, really want to hit it here, maybe hit the under 67 is a lot of points. That's, that's for sure. I'm taking the under. I mean, I'm definitely betting that I'm not betting the spread. Yeah. People are like, Oh my God, hammer Clemson. Nah, spread. I guess it's, it's for me. It is realizing that Clemson again it has the ability in a lot of these games at this point to kind of just name their score and for sure you know if if Virginia Tech scores fourteen or seventeen points like it could go over you know but but again I, I wouldn't if it did go over I wouldn't expect it would go over by a lot I you know I could yeah. also see this being like a thirty one to seven game or something like that where yep it stays way under so yep that's on the table as well. Moving on, Mike, 4 o'clock on the ACC Network. My Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, a seven-point underdog on the road at the NC State Wolfpack. Total is 60 points. Uh, last week, Georgia Tech with a, uh, a a good win against Duke. They, especially in the second half, were able to pour it on. They ran the ball really well. The defense, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the recap, the defense looked like they fixed some stuff. Um, there, were, there were some guys that were making a bad habit out of getting out of place that were all of a sudden in place to make plays last week, and that was a really good sign. Um, so I saw some good things that I really liked from Georgia Tech in the Duke game. I saw some things from NC State that I really did not like in the Syracuse game. That was a bit yep. of a mess. Uh, Mike, I like NC State here. I do too. Yeah. We agree. Um, I like NC State here as well. The, the reason why is because I think that Bailey Hawkman has played pretty well um, since he since really since he's come in um, as the starting quarterback. 
he's been pretty good. I mean, Devin Leary gets hurt, and the question that we kept asking on this podcast was like, okay, what does the passing offense for NC State look like now with Bailey Hockman? And since he's come back, he's been really good. Georgia Tech's passing defense is pretty average. Um, and at some, time, at some points in the season, it's been flat out bad. And NC State, I think, will have some success throwing the football in this game against Georgia Tech's defense. And that's kind of where I see NC State winning and covering here. I don't think it's by a lot. Like, I do think this game will be competitive. Um, NC State by a touchdown, I think, is the appropriate spread here. I think NC State could win this game by 9 or 10 and cover the spread. I'm probably betting this game. Um, It's not like lock of the week territory. Uh, But I do feel good about NC State here. And uh, running the football, Georgia Tech's rushing defense has given up about 186 yards per game on the ground. And NC State has not actually run the ball quite as well over the last like four or five weeks. But a lot of that is because they've been throwing it so well. So they're putting the ball in Bailey Hockman's hands more and having him be the decision maker, taking a little bit of pressure off of BM Knight and Ricky Person in the backfield. But NC State's a really balanced offense, more balanced than I thought when Bailey Hockman took over. And I, I like NC State's defense to hold Georgia Tech down enough here uh, to win this game and cover, plus the fact that it's at home is a big influence on that as well. So I like NC State here. I think they win. I think they cover. I think the spread is about where it should be. I think NC State wins this game by 9 or 10. Yeah. The the reason that I'm, I'm taking NC State here is – it really isn't that much from like an X's and O's standpoint. There's a few things at play here. So first off, what Georgia Tech has done this year, they have covered in four games that they've played. Three of those were coming off of a bye week. So, or, you know, coming off extra time to prepare. So they covered against Florida state in the first week of the year. They covered against Louisville off extra time. And now they've covered against Duke off of extra time. Those are the three games they've won, by the way. So there's that. Uh, they also covered against Notre yep. Dame because that was a huge spread and they were able to get inside of it. You know, that was it. Um, this game is also a bit of a payback game for NC State. Georgia Tech hosted NC State late last year and beat them. And it was, you know, what, only their second conference win of the year. Um, this is a good opportunity for NC State to kind of get one back. Uh, NC State has played really well at home this year, especially. Um, you know, they are 4-1 and one against a spread at home for what that's worth. Um, so for, for a few reasons here, really, it is just like the fact that Georgia tech has not really put two performances in a row together that looked really good. And in general, in a couple of road games this year, they've looked downright terrible. They got blown out by Syracuse. They got blown out by Boston college, looked like an absolute mess in both of them. And now I expect them to go on the road and play against a, a good a good NC State team and, and do something there? No, I don't think so. Right. I don't think I can trust them to do that, and I would love for them to do that, but I just don't think that they will. So yep. give me NC State here. I I don't think I'm going to lock it up here. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little tempted by both of these first two games. Um, yeah, me too. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this alone for now, and I might come back and lock one of them up here in a little bit. Fair enough. Total's also 60 um, uh, I don't know. Trends this year tell us to go over, Mike. Yeah, maybe I, I I would say lean over there. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see. I mean, that's the thing is like Georgia Tech is as much as they've gotten blown out a couple times, like they will hit some big plays and, and score a long touchdown here or there. We uh, saw it last week against Duke multiple times. Exactly. Well, and, I, and I'd forgotten to mention this too, but I mentioned to my dad at one point, I think it was in the third or fourth quarter, I was like, 
you know, Georgia Tech scored 50 points in this game. I think maybe only one of those touchdowns was on like a, you know, a goal to go situation. Like right. every single play other than that was like a 25 yard score or more. Like they were hitting big plays and, and running away from Duke. So that was kind of interesting. Um, so I think they're good for at least a couple of those. And yeah, yeah, I, I lean over here, lean over. Yep. I don't want to make that official play. Yep. Lean over as well. All right. All right, NC State, the play there. Uh, Mike, you want to talk about home field real quick? Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. Home field, real good. Uh, they, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think that they have NC State stuff yet, but, oh, boy, there's some good stuff to be had on there anyways. Uh, homefieldapparel.com, the Internet's leading provider of comfortable, great-looking, vintage, legit college apparel. Um, all sorts of good things going on there. Uh, lots of uh, ACC teams represented. Mike, they've recently added Virginia. They got a cool shirt on there that says, they're going to say no, and then it's Virginia 33, Florida State 28, c- celebrating the win from November 2nd, 1995 at Scott Stadium. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that one, Mike? I, I don't. I was uh, three years old. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I was there. We were all there, you know. Yeah, I mean, I can confirm I was alive <laughs> when that occurred. I can confirm, <laughs> but yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyways. Lots of really good apparel there. Uh, go check them out. Lots of really cool shirts, uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, V-necks, tank tops, all sorts of good stuff there uh, featuring legit licensed vintage logos coming from so many different schools. Use the promo code GOACC to check out. 20% off your first order. Please do that. It's a holiday season. It's a giving season. Order Give your family, friends, loved ones, some Hope Field stuff. That is correct. Order by December 12th for guaranteed delivery by December 24th. If you want to put some of these under your Christmas tree or under your Hanukkah uh, menorah, or I don't know how presents work for, for Hanukkah, but I'm guessing they go under the menorah. That's how it works, right? Uh, sure. Joey, <laughs> Joey and I both celebrate Christmas. We're both Catholic. Sure. So I think that's a good disclaimer, just in case we offended anybody there. Yeah. Uh, if if you got ideas on how to uh, arrange your presents for Hanukkah, please email us basketballconferencepodcast at gmail dot com. You know, Dan Dan Rubin, an avid listener, is Jewish, and you might be able to fill us in. He might do that. He might do that. Yep. Please do, Dan, if you're listening, uh, hit us up. Mike homefieldapparel.com, dot com, as you mentioned, go ACC at checkout for twenty percent off your first order. Thanks for your support for those who are doing that. And yep, hit him up. Mike, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN three. This is the uh, I believe the old Jefferson Pilot game that still somehow is in existence. <laughs> Boston College on the road, a four-point underdog in Charlottesville, taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. A total is 54.5. Mike, is the right team favored here? Nope, I don't think so. I think Boston College wins this game if, this is a big if, big Bill Dracovic is healthy. And, and you know, like we don't have like a definitive yes or no on that just yet, but, I mean, the reports coming out the last couple of days have been pretty favorable, like, and, and even to some degree, Mike, like, is Dennis Grissel playing quarterback the whole game? Like, is that, like, really the worst thing for Boston College? Probably not against UVA. I mean, it's a significant step down from Dracovic, obviously, as you would expect with a backup quarterback. But, I mean, I saw Dennis Grissel play against Clemson last year in Death Valley in person. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was Clemson, but I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like, complete a pass. I mean, it was real bad. Yeah. Um, now... UVA has got a good defense. Uh, the defense is not as good as Clemson's, and it, would it be the worst thing in the world? No. Would I have a lot of confidence picking Boston College outright if it's Grossell instead of Dracovic? No. <laughs> like I'm not. I, I'm not feeling great about Grossell 
and Boston College winning this game if that's what ends up happening. I think he'd be serviceable enough to keep it close. I think BC certainly could win, but from a betting standpoint, I don't know that I could pick that game with confidence with Grossell on a quarterback. Now, keep an eye on the spread here. Um, it went down. It was UVA, I think, minus six, right, Joey? That sounds right. Yeah, I believe it was six a couple days ago, and it's it's fallen to four. Yeah, so money is on Boston College. I think money will continue coming in on Boston College as there becomes clarity on Dracovic's health status. So uh, keep an eye on that. I uh, I don't have a good feeling about the spread here because of the uncertainty. If Dracovic plays, I think Boston College wins and cover obviously covers the four because um, I'm picking them to win outright. But, Joey, the, the weather is really bad there. Boston College has a, a good defense. Virginia has a good defense. Um, these are two teams that have the capability to move the ball on the ground, um, but they're obviously Boston College is a much better passing team than rushing team. The rushing offense has been better, but uh, they're better throwing the ball. UVA is a bit more balanced with Brennan Armstrong, but you know they can move the football on the ground pretty much in every game they play. It's a big part of their offense. The rushing ability of Armstrong has been huge this year. Joey, it's going to be raining and windy in Charlottesville. Uh, we talked about this in the game with Tech and Clemson. Similar weather, obviously, in Charlottesville right up the road a couple hours. The over-under is 54-and-a-half, Joey. I'm taking the under, lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Lock it in that under. I like it. I like lock it. Good play. Uh, bad weather. I'm, I'm big on the bad weather unders in both of the – uh, games for the Virginia schools that and the fact that these are two pretty serviceable defenses and two offenses that I think will be limited and be a bit more one-dimensional in this football game than they like and, and plus look if Grossell's a quarterback instead of Dracovic the passing offense takes a significant step down regardless of the weather um, so I'm taking the under and if you feel even better about it if Grossell's the quarterback instead of Dracovic yeah so, well, and the thing I was going to bring up too here is I feel like matchup wise for Virginia, this is not like super fortuitous. Um, even in the weather and such, like Virginia's rushing defense has been pretty good this year. But Boston College, as we mentioned, like they've started to figure something out in the run game. You know, if you look at their first five games of the year Duke, Texas State, UNC, Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech, like Pitt and maybe to some degree Virginia Tech have, you know, pretty good rushing defenses. Those five games, not a single one did they average even four yards per carry. Um, it was all it was two, three point two, two point one, less than one, and three point six. Mike, the last five games have been Georgia Tech, Clemson, Syracuse, Notre Dame, and and Louisville. The yep. Clemson and Notre Dame games are pretty bad, but even I mean Notre Dame they ran for three point four, which is better than what they were doing against Texas State earlier in the year. But against Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and Louisville, six, four, and five yards per carry, um, mm -hmm. which is a step up, is an improvement. So, and against this, you know, Virginia defense, which again defends the run fairly well, but they ain't Clemson and they ain't Notre Dame. Like they'll, I still think they'll be able to do a little bit of something on the ground, you know, to where, I, I you know, certainly they'll be able to do things through the air if that's a possibility with the weather, um, you know, so. Uh, I, I just have questions. And then you look at Virginia, too. The concern that I have is that Virginia has played one ACC game since Halloween Day. They play, they beat North Carolina at home on Halloween Day, and that is how long ago that was, Mike. It is December. They had a week. They had a, a game the following week against Louisville that was postponed. They ended up playing the week after that. They won that game. 
The week after that was that Abilene Christian game, and now they had another game last week postponed. So, like, I don't understand how this team can really be in rhythm. I mean, they've gotten, again, they got Lavelle Davis Jr. back from from injury, which has been a big deal for them. But um, I just, this Boston College team has been a little bit more consistent and consistently good this year, and very much to my surprise, and I think really for both of us, Mike, but um, yeah, I think this, I, I feel like the wrong team's favorite here. I feel like even on the road, even in, in weather and elements and all that, like, give me Boston College outright. I, I think they win this game uh, on the field. So, yeah, give me the Eagles. Love it. Love it. And I'm not going to lock that up, but I'm glad that you did. Just the under. I'm sure uh, I'm, I'm sure UVA fans love you uh, locking up against, yeah, no, yeah, it's just the under. So, just not the under. really a slug. I, I mean, the, the spread is going to be, I mean, it, this could be a pick truthfully, like, it wouldn't surprise me if UVA won this game at all. That was kind of my thought was that, uh, again, I mean, even if even if if I had seen that UVA was favored by like one, one and a half, like I would have I would have kind of been OK with that. But, you know, looking back on it, it was like seeing them initially favored by six. I was like, whoa. And then realizing that Dracovic was gone. But even still, like, I, I don't know, that's that's a lot of points. So, yeah, a lot of points. Surprised at that number um, for what it's worth. SP Plus does like Virginia in this spot. Um, hmm. they've, they've got Virginia winning the game by, I think, four and a half. Yeah, or yeah, almost closer to five. And that's Cover. not even accounting for Dracovic or any one person being out. Yeah. So, anyways. All right, Boston College there, and Mike has locked up the under. Mike, let's move on. Eight o'clock on the ACC Network, the number 10, LOL, Miami Hurricanes, a 15-point <laughs> favorite on the road in Durham, taking on the Duke Blue Devils. Total 60. Golly, I, I want to be able to take Duke here. I really do. Like, Miami doesn't play well in Durham, especially this, like, late-in-the-year thing. Like, it's cold, and, and Miami's watching their conference title hopes, you know, slip through their fingers at the moment. But, like, golly, Duke just – Duke is just not the team this year that's going to put a scare into Miami. I, just, I really can't think so. And if they do, we got to have a talk about Manny Diaz and like getting your team prepared for a game like this. Yeah. Duke's terrible. Miami's the pick. I don't have a ton to say about this other than this won't be like most years. I don't think. And I'll hedge by saying that because weirder things have happened in 2020, but I don't think this is the year that Duke puts a scare in anybody. Um, they're two and seven, one and seven in conference play. David Cutcliffe, has got to be looking at some beachfront property somewhere. There, there's no way he sticks around for more than another year or two. He might retire after this year. Who knows? Like, this is not the same Duke program as it was a few years ago. That's clear. Chase Bryce has been pretty terrible. Yeah, give me Miami. Yeah. I. Speaking of long layoffs, worth mentioning here, too, that Miami has not played a game since November 14th. So they've had three weeks off, and I think a significant portion of that, I'm not sure how much they were able to practice uh, as they had a, an outbreak within their team of COVID. So that's not a great sign. But, again, I mean, it's it's a Duke team that just gave up a 50-burger to Georgia Tech. Like, that's they're also terrible. not a great sign for them. So They're terrible. Yeah, yeah. they're real bad. So I, I think I'm with you. Just I'm not going to overthink this. Um, I, I think we just go Miami and maybe a little bit of a hold-your-nose kind of situation of – I, I guess, you know, but part of me likes the over here. Total of 60. I mean, especially if you figure Duke's going to turn it over, what, four times in this game, and Miami's <laughs> going to get a couple short fields and, and that kind of thing. Like, I might roll with the over here. 
it's funny because like the number one rule of thumb, and we've talked about this a million times on this podcast, is like, hey, don't choose turnovers as a reason to pick against somebody. But except for Duke, <laughs> because they're automatically like Duke's going to turn it over four times. And the first thought in my head was, yeah, I mean, at least four times. Right. Yeah. I mean, so. Duke has played, what, nine games and they're averaging, yeah, like three and a half turnovers a game. So and and so you better believe that Miami's going to bring the turnover chain here to uh, to Durham. And I'm sure that's still a thing here in 2020. But yeah, yeah, you know what, Mike, just give me the over. Give me the over. And I think that's actually probably a pretty good reason to think that Miami does cover here is whatever deficiencies might be you know kind of hidden within that Miami offense short yep. short fields are going to make up for that I agree and they've got a great I kicker agree. too so for what that's worth I can't argue there I would lean over I would no play though for you no play all right fair enough bad weather again yeah yeah it's gonna be a, a rough weekend weather-wise up there in the uh the mid-Atlantic I guess we'll say Mike at uh 2 30 on NBC your Notre Dame Fighting Irish, a 33-and-a-half-point home favorite. The number two Notre Dame Fighting Irish, for what it's worth. The 33-and-a-half-point home favorite hosting the Syracuse Orange. Uh, total is 51-and-a-half. So let me repeat that real quick. A 33-and-a-half-point favorite with a 51-and-a-half-point total. Vegas is catching on to Syracuse's offense, I think, Mike. I mean, it's hard to ignore, isn't it? It is real hard to ignore. I... I'm just going to roll with Notre Dame here to cover 34. Senior day in South Bend. Ian Books looked unstoppable. Uh, Notre Dame's rushing attack should run all over Syracuse's defense. That is probably a little bit better than the stats indicate, but I digress. Like They're not going to stop Notre Dame's offensive line and what they're able to do with Kyron Williams. and I, Syracuse's offense against Notre Dame's Notre Dame's got one of the two or three best defenses in college football, and now Syracuse has to try to move the ball against that. No, thank you. Yeah, give me Notre Dame, and if Syracuse covers, good for them. But I learned the hard way when I picked Syracuse to cover against a bad Louisville team a few weeks ago. I learned the hard way on a Friday night, and I'm not going to make that same mistake again, especially, especially not against a team that I believe is a national title contender. So, mm-hmm. give me Notre Dame to win and cover on Senior Day. I'm just going to go with the over too. And you mentioned this before we hit record. And I thought it was a great point that you might just need to, if you're going to parlay it. You might as well just kind of keep it all on one side. So Notre Dame with, you know, with the points minus 34 and the over or Syracuse plus 34 and the under with a total being 51 and a half. And I'm going to stay on the Notre Dame side of that. I think the Irish cover 34. I think the game goes over. I think Notre Dame could score 50 by themselves. I wouldn't be surprised if this was like 45 to 10. That gets you over and gets you a cover, ironically, by a point. So that's I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, I yeah. If you think Syracuse is covering, I mean, you can't be banking on them scoring more than what, like fourteen points or something right. like that. And that seems like a lot. And the the only other thing I'd mention here, and we talked about this a little bit with the Clemson Tech game, is that Notre Dame could be trying to get their guys out of the lineup here sooner rather than later. Right? They could be moving to their bench just to make sure everybody's healthy for the Clemson game in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. especially now that the Wake Forest game is canceled next Saturday for Notre Dame. So that's the only reason truthfully why i think syracuse covers here uh i don't think syracuse scores enough to cover if notre dame does what i expect them to do on offense but if notre dame pulls their starters early i think you can see a backdoor cover situation for syracuse but i'd rather be on the notre dame side of that than the syracuse side of that given what we've seen out of the oranges here yep i think so yeah give me notre dame the over as an official play and i think you're on the the same page there mike yeah official play for me too yep all right 
Noon on the ACC Network. Last one, Mike. The number 17 North Carolina Tar Heels taking on the Western Carolina, I believe they're the Catamounts. Is that right? I believe that's correct. Nice. Nailed it. The uh, Not the Carolinas, just the, the Catamounts. That, that's easy. Yep, they are the Catamounts. Uh, we don't have a spread for this. I, I don't see a whole lot of reason that North Carolina has anything to be concerned about here. Absolutely not. This is a Carolina team that lost a tough game to Notre Dame last week at home. Uh, they will not lose a tough game here against Western Carolina. This is a game where North Carolina will score a metric shit ton of points, Joey. And I think they win this game and cover whatever spread is out there on whatever foreign site you use. Uh, offshore betting account that has this game. It's similar to the UVA Abilene Christian game a couple weeks ago when mm-hmm. Steve, Steve was like, who is betting on this game? <laughs> We're in the same same situation here. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, Western Carolina currently 0-2 with losses by a score of 58-14 to to Liberty and 49-17 to Eastern Kentucky. So, yeah, UNC's dropping 50 here easily. So just go ahead yeah. and bet the Tar Heels if you're going to bet it. Agree. Uh, Liberty's got a nice offense. Uh, there's no indication that Eastern Kentucky has a better offense than North Carolina, or Liberty for that matter. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah North Carolina's scoring 50 here. I think so. Uh, this is for what it's worth. This is to make up that game that was supposed to be played like the second week of the season against Charlotte. Uh, this now becomes UNC's out-of-conference game, which, again, I kind of missed whenever this got scheduled. I don't know when that happened, but sure, whatever. Right. Now, the only reason why North Carolina might not score 50 again is because the weather's going to be terrible. But, yeah. you know, whatever. I'm seeing a spread of 49 and a half. Carolina. Yeah, go Tar Heels. The, the UNC one, not the other one. Yeah. <laughs> the northern one, not the western one. Correct. Northern Carolina. That make sure to make sure to pick pick the right direction when placing that bet. I'm sure nobody would be upset if we started calling them Northern Carolina, kind of like Eastern Carolina, right? Yeah, that would that would piss off a lot of people. Yeah. Maybe we should just start doing that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not opposed. The hosts are void of professionalism. Absolutely. Guilty as charged, Mike. Uh, last game we've got on the docket here, and yes, Mike, it is on the docket. It is. The Bowling Green Falcons, only a two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road taking on the Akron Zips, if that tells you anything about Akron. Uh, Mike, is this is this, is this the week? Is this the one? Uh, look, I mean, Akron is pretty terrible, but no. <laughs> this is not the week. Akron wins and covers, by the way. Covers two and a half. Uh, Akron so far had a two touchdown loss at Ohio, and that is about as close as they've been to anybody in the MAC. Um, What's the total in this game? What is the total? Let's find out. Um, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Looking, looking, looking. Good podcasting. Fifty-seven. Akron is averaging sixteen point three points per game. Bowling Green thirteen and a half points per game. Give me the under. Hammer the under. Are you kidding me? Yeah, go with the under here for sure. Also, don't bet this game. Um, uh, Yeah, well, yeah. You know what, Mike? That's a whole other thing. You know what? Give me our Falcons on the field. Wow. Falcons getting it done. I don't know how or why, by hook or by crook. But, yeah, give me the Falcons. Hey, I mean, you're putting a lot of faith in future Virginia Tech head coach Scott Leffler. Careful, Mike. You might speak that into existence. I, I don't. I definitely don't want to do that. That was a joke. <laughs> tech fans, you know, there are some tech fans listening to this. They're like, 
oh my god he's serious yeah hit <laughs> me I was going to say, give it the old Elmer Fudd. Be very, very careful. Like, oh, God. Well, we can find that sound. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Give me Bowling Green outright. Why not? They'll get one this year. This year. This will be the one. Uh, I mean, Mike, they better. <laughs> yeah. Mike, that's all I got for games this week. I still got to lock something up. And I... You know what? Give me Clemson. Minus 22 and a half. Lock it up, baby. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Because the people were not getting out of this episode having two of that sound effect in it. Correct. Despite as uncomfortable as it sounds to some people, it is woven within the thread of this podcast now. So you just got to deal with it. Yeah, that please at the end really gets you going. (laughs) Really hits. It's my favorite. My favorite. Well done. Uh, Yeah. Let me lock up Clemson. You've got the under in Boston College UVA going under 54 and a half. Other than that, I think we agree on almost everything this week, which traditionally, I don't know how that goes necessarily, but certainly last week it went really well. Uh, we both went 4-1 and one against the spread, I think, in the five games we picked. So uh, let's hope for another similar result this week. Agree. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, anything else before we start working on getting out of here? I think we're good. I think so. Uh we are going to get out of here. You guys can find us on Twitter. In the meantime, I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel VT and together we're at BC podcast ACC. You can also find us on Instagram at BC podcast ACC, where we are working on trying to post some more uh, content there. So go find us there. Should be fun. Uh, Mike, uh, they can find us on iTunes, Google podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, breaker, the overcast app, wherever find podcasts are sold for free. And by the way, if you listen to us on Spotify and we were in your year end 2020 wrapped thing whatever that spotify does tweet that at us we want to know about it yeah please do uh we we got one from my brother-in-law scott so that was good that boy uh i don't think we're on my mom's so we'll we'll see i don't hmm. know yeah well hey, we got a bone to pick then <laughs> with mrs weaver well yeah one or two uh Mike, they can, find, they can send us an email with their questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. And you want to tell them where else they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketballconference. Rate, review, find all of your podcasts there. Go support home field, support us. Use the promo code GOACC at checkout for awesome college apparel. You get 20% off your first order. Go check that out. And Joey, like you mentioned, if you order within the next, what, nine days? Yeah. Yeah, nine days. Get some time. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're guaranteed to get it by December 24th for somebody who might like some sweet new college apparel. So no, support no. us, support them. They've been great to us, so go check that out. Yeah, it'll be there to be uh, under your Festivus poll. So yep. you'll be good. Without a doubt. No doubt. Uh, Mike, that's all I got. You want to get out of here and watch some games? I think we're good, yep. I think so. It's interesting to still be like previewing a week full of games at this time of the year, but uh, you know, it is 2020, so there's no rules. Better than the alternative. I mean, we got further along than we thought. Very so. true. Very true. And we are somehow, some way, seeming like we're going to get to the finish line. So uh, glad we're able to do that. Yep. All right. Mike, we will come back and recap these games, and we'll talk then. Good luck to your Jackets this weekend. Well, thank you. Thank you. Good luck to your Hokies. Look, the Jackets have a much better opportunity <laughs> to win than my Hokies, too. <laughs> well, Mike, you still have Notre Dame, so it's not all bad this year. Eh, don't sleep on Syracuse. <laughs> I won't. Um, Mike, have a uh, good weekend. We'll talk soon. Yep. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.